0: What is going on, everybody? It is Combat Series Three, officially Season Six, Episode Four of the Tailgoats Podcast. We're coming off the weekend of UFC Two Ninety Seven, Sean Strickland versus Dricus Du Plessis in Scotia Bank Arena in Toronto, Ontario. I'm gonna try my best, and um, need someone to hold me accountable to it to do a, a preview and a recap of. Every pay per view this year, and I wanted to do it right from the get go this year. Is I thought you UFC two ninety seven was a good, decent kickoff to the year, and how these episodes are going to go in the future is um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a brief recap of each of the fights. I'm gonna grade them, and then I'm gonna give an overall grade to the whole entire. Um, pay-per-view and that way like um if you listen to the podcast and you want to go back and watch something you're like oh you know what i may not watch this one the whole card or oh i just want to watch a pay-per-view so that that's going to be the point of um of this pod this podcast recap so once again i'm gonna go over each of the fights kind of grade them give a overall grade and i'm gonna be tough i want to be relatively tough um and I want these fights to really earn the grades, so that you know I'm not just giving out A's, B's, C's. I, I want I, I'm going to be tough. And um this card, when I I previewed it, I really liked the first and the fifth fight, um, and I thought that the the middle part of the card was going to be relatively a snooze fest. Um, it had its moments, but overall, uh, underwhelming. Um, and I was correct in saying that. And after that, I'm going to give um like the state of the 185 middleweight class. I'm going to give my rankings the top four right now as I see it in what a theoretical tournament would look like. Um, with that being said, um, gambling standpoint, I I did win money. Um, I had all of the main event picks in the Discord. Uh, we did not make money. On the main event, we were slightly under a unit. However, um, I have a private chat with Andy, and I was giving him all of my picks from the early prelims and the main card, and I hit big on um, Gillian Robertson. I thought it was a favorable matchup for her to get a knockout in um, Canada, in Canada and, and she did. that. That paid out seven units plus 700. That was... Amazing. Um, and that really carried um, the entire night with that win. And, you know, um, you hit one of those, and, and you're feeling good about the rest of the card as long as you you, you play by um, strict unit management and strict unit and bankroll management is very, very, very important. All right, without further ado, the card. Um, we kicked things off in the featherweight division uh, number nine, Mavzar Evvoyev. You're going to have to get used to that name as much as I'm going to have to get used to saying that name. And number four, Arnold Allen. Um, This fight, um, Evvoyev is going to be a household name. And it's going to be tough to say it, but he proved 18-0. And he just looked like an absolute machine out there. In the featherweight division, and he was going to put the the division on notice with a big um, unanimous decision win over number four Arnold Allen. Arnold Arnold looked tough. Arnold looked tough in the third round. Evoyev, I thought, had an unlimited gas tank, and it, it appeared to diminish a little bit at the end. And um, I I really like this fight. Mavzar, his his wrestling is just unbelievable. Arnold. <laughs> I mean the scrambles that they had were beautiful. If if you are gonna go watch rewatch Sean Strickland and Dragos Plus C, the whole, and you want to watch, you don't skip to the end. At least get yourself ready for the main event. Watch this fight, and um, then you can skip to the end if you want because the rest of these fights were kind of garbage. So Evvoyev and Alan Featherweights, you know unanimous decision. Very dominant performance. I gave it a B plus. I thought that that was fair. I thought that um, if he would have finished the fight or finished Al in the third round, that's an easy A. Uh, very, very easy A. But B+. Moving on, fight number two at 185, the middleweights. Uh, number 14, Chris Curtis took on unranked Marc-Andre Berriu. And this was a, a, a big step up in uh, competition for him. I, you know... I had Barry U money line plus one fifty four. I thought that he was going to be able to outlast Chris Curtis, and Chris Curtis is just a good, a boring point fighter. And you know the fans were booing it. I don't know if they were booing it because they wanted more action or if they wanted you know someone to do something. And uh, this one was one of those funky Canadian scorecards in it that Curtis won on two of the scorecards, thirty to twenty seven, and ended up losing on a second. Uh, Scorecard uh, 29 28, which doesn't, it made no sense to me whatsoever. I was completely confused when I saw it. Um, I gave this fight E C. Um, I really wanted more from both fighters. I, you know, I had heard that Barry, you had an unlimited gas tank, and he didn't show that to me whatsoever. And he really didn't show much of anything. It was kind of a boring performance in his, his home, his home country. And you know, Chris Curtis approves the 31 and 10. It's like, well, I, he's at 41 fights in his career. What's next? Is he just going to be a gatekeeper? Which brings us on to the next fight at Welterweight. The third fight of the night, unranked Mike Malott once again fighting in his home country of Canada. Actually, born in Cleveland, which I had no idea. Um, but uh, he was a Dana White's contender series guy. Taking on what I call a gatekeeper, number thirteen, Neil Magny, and listen, I I judge, I I rated and scored this card a C plus, or this um, this fight a C plus, because Malat was so incredibly dominant the uh, first two rounds. All three judges had the scorecards twenty eighteen, and you know Neil had caused some damage in the third round, showing the better presence, and Mike Malat with like less than a minute left went for. Failed leg lock for God knows what reason, and um, man, uh, yeah, The referee, I cannot remember who was the referee, but he clearly knew that Malat was up big on the scorecards, and he gave him every single chance to to stop and defend himself. Um, should have been stopped a lot earlier in a in an undercard fight in a, in a close in a close fight or. Um, a blowout fight um, that 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 fight is stopped a lot sooner it took out a lot more damage uh, drops to 10 two and one Neil magni improves to 29 and 12. Um, I gave this a C plus I, I gave it a C plus um, because I, I really thought that you know being at home in Canada that Mike was going to kind of you know show off and the, the males did absolutely poor. At home, I, I'm not. I think they lost every every single fight. I the women, uh, Canadian women carried the, the the country. So I give this a C plus. All right, moving along. The Fourth fight, one thirty five women's bantamweight title vacated by Amanda Nunez. Number three, Myra Buena Silva versus number two, Raquel Pennington. Okay, I. You know, I, I was juiced for the fight with, with Bruce Buffer, got in Myra's boy in Silva's face and screaming his name out. and It was just awesome. And Rocky, Raquel Pennington, I was like, you know what? Like, for her, this is her moment. This is another title shot at a vacant title. And what I left with was, like, man, like, I can't believe they gave out a belt for this fight. Um, the division's in a weird spot. And I really don't know exactly what is next. I mean, maybe Raquel Pennington versus Julia Pena. She improves the sixteen and nine. Um 49 46 unanimous decision. All three all three judges had her winning rounds two through five and the silver gas tank was just absolutely dead. Um I have no idea. I don't have a pathway for her back to a title fight, certainly no rematch with Raquel Pennington right right now but it looks like Pennington and and um Peña will be back at it um you know i i really 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 did not like this fight whatsoever i i i i predicted it would be a relatively snooze fest and I, and i was i was right um I, and i don't know it's just i don't know where to go from here whatsoever. Um, anyways, yeah. I gave it a D. I hated it. It was a snooze fest. I couldn't wait for it to be over. Okay, moving on to our main event. 185 middleweight title, champion Sean Strickland, versus number two, Dreykus, do plus C. All right, so, all three judges had Strickland winning rounds one, where he just opening with it that left jab the one he absolutely pieced up uh Drikus and Drikus's face by round 3 uh his left eye was just absolutely mangled damn near closed um but i'll tell you what they they both have a gas tank um Dreykus, i felt like he improved and adapted each round he had won, won rounds two and four on all three judges' scorecards. And round three was the questionable one where two of the judges had it for Duplessis and one judge had it for Strickland. So go back and watch the fight. I'm, I'm personally going to have to go back and, and watch this fight very, very, very closely because if you looked at the significant strikes, um, Strickland actually was up on every one of the the uh, rounds in significant strikes. However, um I, th- I think Dreykus got six takedowns and like maybe two or three of them stuffed. So, and he had a lot more ring control time. It was an ultra, ultra close fight that you just absolutely at that weight class cannot leave it in the judges scorecards. You can't, you cannot do it. Um, at this point in, in Strickland's career, I think we've got to see a little bit of evolution to the game. I mean, he was content on just standing up, jabbing and, counter-punching and kicks here and there. And, you know, I, I'm fairly certain Strickland's got a a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and we never really saw much on the ground. Every one of the the takedowns that Dreykus got, you know, there was very little damage. Uh, Sean was able to just pretty much stand up and get out of them. There was, I felt like, not much damage at all on the ground. I think one of the takedowns, you know, Ended with a few significant strikes, and that's really it. Um, I gave this fight though. I gave this fight an A minus. Okay, it's the highest on the scorecard. Um, ultra ultra close fight. Um, do I agree with the decision? I I think so. I think it, it was fairly close. Strikas really did own the octagon, and I felt like, you know other than Strickland winning round five, Dreykus still was putting his foot on the gas pedal and and had a a good round for how much damage he took. Um, I thought that there was a lot of trash talk leading up to this fight. I thought that they did a very good job selling the fight and selling the card. That that does weigh into me giving it an A- as well. I think that stuff is very important. And on top of that, um, Sean Strickland was very, very, very... uh, uh, He was a good... I don't want to say good loser. Uh he was a good sport. Um he definitely didn't he didn't uh uh like content the, the decision. He clapped his hands and you know what he said he gave it his all and he promised a war and, and they gave one. He there may have been, you know, a, a, a somewhat illegal headbutt that that caused all the bleeding that um uh Sean Strickland incurred in round three and he claims now as of today I think or yesterday Sunday that he said that it was giving him a lot of time a hard time seeing. So he could have he could have complained and potentially that Cut would have maybe got the attention of the, the, the ref the doctor and came in and looked at it, but you know that's not what happened. He he toughed it out and you know I um I I appreciate that because nobody wants to see that type of um ending to a fight, especially with how much trash they talk. Anyways Uh, two and three on the main card. Uh, this is what I'm going to track. I am not going to track, um, my prelim winnings whatsoever. I was all over the place and I, I, um, uh, I sprinkled a little bit of money on the main card other than I shouldn't have because it really ate into my winnings. Um, I, 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 I'm going to preach strict unit management on, uh, the main card, though, and that's what I did. I bet one unit on each one of the fights and my picks, and uh, I ended up 2-3 and uh, minus .84 units, so just right under a unit for the first card, and I was, you know, I wasn't picking chalk by any means. The Mavzar Evoyev pick, yeah, I I had a feeling he'd take it to a decision, but I gotta be careful, because the dude's just (laughs) look him up. I mean, he, he looks like a machine, uh the Barry U money line pick, you know, I could have I, I hate being could have would have could have should have. I, I, I Chris Curtis minus one eighty five on the money line. You can't do that. When I mean when you're getting higher on some of those money lines, um, yeah, you could get a win in a, in a small win, but um in the long run it'll it'll eat you eat you up. Um third fight, Mike Mullot sub. He had a couple of opportunities, just never was able to finish the veteran Neil Magny. So I, I really did, I really did like that pick, and that was plus one hundred. So um, that one sucked. Uh, carrying me here was the Raquel Pennington moneyline pick. I, um, I liked it at plus one thirty six. I was never really sold on Silva, and I was leaning on Pennington's uh, veteran ring time, and that one paid out one point um, three. Six units, so I was pumped. That was pumped on that, and then the Strickland lost one unit. That was a uh, pretty much a toss up at the time of the fight. Okay, let's wrap up this episode. I am going to do the state of the middleweights at one eighty five. Um. Oh, before that, I beg your pardon. I am going to get that in a second. Uh, I averaged it out and I gave the uh, UFC 297, a B minus. Um, officially by a GPA, it was a C plus. Um, I gave it a little bit of a, a curve to a B minus due to, um, I I was very impressed with Evoyev and uh, the main event. The main event, uh, they promised a war, it was not boring. So I gave it a little curve there, B minus. So I'll be tracking that as well. Anyways, state of 185. Let's do this. This is going to be fun. Obviously Alex Paya moving up um and he's now the the lightweight champion um at two oh five. He I do not think is going to come back to one eighty five at any time. I think he's trying to lure uh Israel Adesanya to a uh fight at two hundred five, but God only knows when um that's gonna happen because you know, Izzy's got, I I, I think, and I, I could be wrong, I think he has UFC 300 on his mind, which obviously they couldn't make any sort of um, commitment to that with the card at stake. Um, Obviously, at at 205, Alex Perea, the champion, Jamal Hill, got to be coming back soon. You got to believe that, that that fight will happen at some point. But... Let's stick to one eighty five here. The uh, number one, obviously, you can replace number one champion. Um I have Dreykus Duplus plus plus C, obviously. Was well, moving down. I still have Sean Strickland at number two. And um the, the reason for this is that um I feel like the fight was so incredibly close and the fact that uh he did dominate uh Israel Adesanya. I give I have Israel at number 3 and um I feel like that's the appropriate uh ranking given that um given that Drake beat Sean Sean beat uh Izzy um with that being said number 4 here is interesting uh number 4 here is very interesting and I love this division right now. Uh, number four, I have Jer- Jared Canineer, and uh, I think the rankings will come out tomorrow Wednesday. So I'm I'm curious to see uh if I'm right or not. Um, number four, Jared Canineer. Uh, so let's go over his last four, uh, four fi- uh, four fights here, and um, I'll give you my uh reasoning why. Um, because right now they have Martin Vittori at number. Five, so Jared at number four is appropriate because uh, July 2022, Jared lost by uh, unanimous decision at number three, Israel Adesanya. I don't think he was really mature enough or ready for that fight. and That was kind of a... He's so powerful, but I, I'd love to see him fight Izzy again. And I think it could happen in the future, just not yet. December 2022, same year. He had a split-decision win over Sean Strickland. And, you know, for Sean, that was really a a turning point. Because, you know, he needed that loss. He ended up going on the three-fight win streak. So... After losing, getting knocked out in the first round of Peria, and then a, a, a split decision loss to uh Cannoneer, you know, Strickland went on that run. And then he had a unanimous decision win June th- of 2023, Uh unanimous decision over Martin Vittori, and then he tore his MCL in training uh for a fight in December t- 2023. So hopefully we'll get to see Jared... um Maybe late summer, maybe early fall. I think UFC 300's probably out of the question for him. But, anyways, let's have some fun with this. In the event that they had a four man tournament, you know, and space them out four and a half or five months, get them fighting twice a year at least. You know, and and Izzy's a guy that fights four times a year, but now it sounds like he's going to take some time off. Yeah. I don't think he fights I don't think he is he fights till UFC 300 I think he fights strike Duplus plus C there anyways number one versus number four Dra is plus c versus Jared canyer um the knockout power is there uh I think it's stronger than than do plus C's knockout power. But um, man, was I impressed! He's the total picture right now, and um, I would take Dragosiu plus C in a chess match type fight versus Jared Kenner and win 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 by decision. That gets us to the number two versus number three: Sean Strickland versus Izzy Adesanya. Um, I'll be honest; I think in a rematch, Izzy wins. Um, I would be pulling for Sean Strickland in the fight. Um, but I uh, I, I I would think that Izzy would be the the gambling favorite, even though that Sean just beat him, uh, damn near had him knocked out in the first round and coasted to I think a forty nine forty six like unanimous decision to become the champion. Um, but I think Izzy would win that fight. Um, I'm not sure how potentially by by I think he knocked Sean, Sean Shucklin out. And that would give us the fight that's predicted for UFC 300, Dreykus 2 plus C versus Israel Adesanya. And, and if Izzy's refocused and um, we we see the old Izzy, uh, he's taking on some mileage. Um, I think he's cap- – I don't want to forget about Izzy. I think he's fully, fully capable of uh, of not only uh, – probably beating Dreykus 2 plus C. Now, if Drakis could can get him to the ground – and control the fight from there that's his his path to victory but um you know Izzy's a bit of a better kickboxer than than Dreykus is but Drakus just beat one of the best kickboxer you know karate style um strikers in Strickland so overall grade b- um I made money off the entire card so I'm happy about that combat series going well we're 3 in um, and it's something that I, I really want to pump some energy into this year. Um we are going to have another episode this week previewing the Royal Rumble. So we're gonna get into a little WWE uh as and out the top of my head, I'm pretty sure the Rumble winner is the main event for the WWE title at WrestleMania. And that episode will be purely just wrestling, nothing else and They're juicing up the the soundboard and everything. They're going to have some fun with it. I think I'm just going to produce and sit out. I might get dragged into it. Who knows? All righty. My favorite, uh, Jameis Winston. I need you to take it from here, brother. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me. He said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. This has been another Tailgoats podcast. Powered by Go Cleveland Productions.